This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. Lawmakers this week heard about initial timelines and projections to upgrade low-security housing and other facilities at the Montana State Prison now that the architecture and construction contracts have been signed for the project. But after presentations to the Select Committee on Corrections Facility Capacity and System Development on Tuesday and another to the Public Safety Interim Budget Committee on Wednesday, the key question is still unanswered. How many total prison beds and what type of beds will the state need moving into the future to address capacity as the state's population grows and crime trends change? Quote, I've got three things I have to take into consideration. Your expectation of additional beds, the experts and data that are telling me a different story of what we need and what we should have, and then our officers and our staff and our offenders' safety. Department of Corrections Director Brian Goodkin told lawmakers during Tuesday's meeting, quote, my biggest fear is that in five years, when we're done, we'll be in exactly the same boat as today. The state remains over its prison capacity, with an inmate population of 2,841, but an operation capacity of only 2,739. A federal judge in Colorado is set to consider a request by Colorado's cattlemen's industry to block the impending reintroduction of gray wolves into the state under a voter-approved initiative. State wildlife officials in Colorado plan to capture 10 wolves from Oregon and begin releasing them in Colorado by the end of the year as they race to meet a deadline imposed under a 2020 ballot proposal that passed by a narrow margin. The animals would be among the first gray wolves in Colorado in decades. The Gunnison County Stock Growers Association and Colorado Cattlemen's Association filed a lawsuit Monday to halt the releases. A tax on livestock would impose, quote, significant costs on the livestock industry and communities that depend upon it, according to the group's attorneys. They claim U.S. Fish and Wildlife failed to review adequately Colorado's plan to release up to 50 wolves into the state and on private land over the next several years. Any future economic harm suffered by the ranchers would not be irreparable. That is often the standard required for a temporary injunction that's sought by the industry. U.S. Department of Justice attorneys wrote in a court filing that the state compensation program pays owners when livestock are killed by wolves. Montanans are losing health insurance through the state faster than expected, and at least two state legislators are concerned that people who are eligible for coverage can't get it. Two Democratic legislators say the situation constitutes an emergency. It puts Montana in a bad light compared to other states and is having a negative effect on people's health. State Senator Christopher Pope 
characterized the situation as a four-alarm fire that started in January and hasn't let up. Pope and Representative Mary Caffaro, the Democrat from Helena, both asked the DPHHS if it will consider pausing the redetermination process or extending the window to complete it in order to get Montanans enrolled. DPHS Director Charlie Barrington said, however, he would not pause the process. He said because of the way re-enrollment works, the agency will not know until late April or early May whether people who qualify for Medicaid aren't insured. Barrington said, I do believe many of the Medicaid members who were disenrolled were disenrolled correctly. Nearly 19,000 people who were expected to be insured through Medicaid weren't covered as of September. That's according to a legislative budget committee. The University of Montana is trying to clear the air on what happened to Grizz Tickets' website when people tried to buy general admission tickets for Saturday's playoff football game. UM Director of Strategic Communications Dave Kuntz said the issue was limited tickets. Quote, Grizz fans, what happened last night with Grizz ticks was supply and demand. There were only two to 3,000 tickets available after season ticket re-ups and student allotments. There was no large-scale bot activity. The fact that this is a big game with a ton of demand led to a quick sellout. UM Football's communications director, Eric Tabor, said there were only about 3,000 tickets left to sell to the general public, so it was just tight and they went fast online. The low number of public tickets is due to almost all the season ticket holders reserving their seats in advance. Season ticket holders get early access. Tabor explained, I mean, that's almost 19,000 people in a 25,000-seat stadium. Tabor also said 3,000 seats are reserved for students, 250 for the band. The NCAA wanted 500 for the opposing team and additional tickets for the players' families. Montana is set to receive about $19 million in federal funding to mitigate wildlife vehicle collisions on the state's busiest interstate and one of its busiest highways. The Federal Highway Administration announced last week that Montana will receive a portion of the $110 million allocated for making the country's roadways safer for motorists and wildlife. The bulk of Montana's allegation was awarded to a project to reduce grizzly deaths along a stretch of US-93 that runs through the Flathead Indian Reservation. The Confederated Salish and Kootenai tribes were the lead applicants on a wildlife overpass proposal that will be built in Northwest Montana's Nine Pipe National Wildlife Management Area. The tribes plan to use the $8.6 million of FHA money to construct an overpass along a section of US-93 that has proven especially deadly for grizzly bears, which are, of course, protected under the Endangered Species Act. 
Funding for the other Montana-based project will go to the Montana Department of Transportation, which has received $420,000 to study the feasibility of installing wildlife crossings along a 68-mile section of Interstate 90 between Missoula and Garrison. According to an annual report prepared by the insurance company State Farm, Montana ranks second for the likelihood that a driver will strike an animal. Earlier this year, the Montana legislature was asked for a million dollars for MDT for the budget for wildlife vehicle crash mitigation, but the legislature refused. Distracted driving is an increasing concern around the city of Missoula. Quote, we use our phones for everything and don't even think about it. You know what we're actually doing, that it's taking our attention from the roadway. That's according to Officer Whitney Bennett of the Missoula Police Department. Driving is definitely a privilege that can be taken away. So it is important that we pay attention while we're on the roadways. The primary reason for that is to make it home safe. That's according to Steve Schmidt of Drive Safe Montana. In Missoula, as in many other cities and states, it's against ordinances to be on your phone when behind the wheel of a moving vehicle. So far, in 2023, the city of Missoula has logged just under 300 citations for distracted driving and cell phone violations. In 2022, there were 400, and in 2021, over 300. The Montana Club, the downtown Helena landmark that's been dealing with financial challenges, has announced it will end regular dining service as of December 30th, but will continue to operate as a venue for special events. Quote, it is with a heavy heart that we have decided to close for regular service in 2024. That's according to a club's Facebook posting. Quote, we will operate as normal through December 30th. Please come by and grab dinner and a drink before then. We'd love to see you. Quote, we are still the premier event space in Helena and will continue to host special events in 2024. Charles Robinson, president of the original Montana Club Cooperative Association, said Thursday the board made the decision to hold dining after the numbers of people coming to the club began to decrease after members decided in September to file for voluntary Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Prior to that announcement, cooperative members say dining numbers were improving. The club at 24 West 6th Street has been open to the public from Wednesday through Saturday, starting at 4 p.m. Robeson said events coordinator Julie Northey and General Khan will continue to oversee special events and putting together great events for people. The Montana Club was founded in 1885 as local business people did not want outsiders to think of Helena as just a mining camp. If you need to hear this report again, Please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT DB web pages. 
Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide, with listeners in 53 U.S. states and Canadian provinces, three Native American nations, and 33 countries on six continents. We also post expanded versions of our stories on Facebook. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH, 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and ProRes Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.